did my radio show yesterday, which was like kind of, it was kind of ba- basically like I did like a show that was based on like, uh, there's this like old Transmet compilation called Relics. Oh, that's, that, an, that's an amazing record. Oh, yeah. 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 Right. And like, it's really funny because like, I, I, I didn't have it. Like, I only, like, initially, I'd only heard it, like, a friend of mine, my, you know, like, my friend John Santos had it, like, on, you know, like, he had a vinyl version. Way back. Yeah. And, like, the thing, like, the most, like, kind of crazy thing about it was that, like, I remember the weird, like, um, like, the relics and intervals that were, like, these weird little kind of, like, ambient yeah. parts. Yeah. Little kind of sketches in between the songs. Yeah, and like, and, and some of them were more like tracks, but like at least like the first like three were very um, these like very like emotive synth pieces, and like for me it was like um, it was more like the thought of them was was what was more impactful. Like I remember them being, and and you know like it was really funny because you know I started off my show with them last night yesterday. And it was like how it was like one of those things that like the reason I use like strings in like my techno stuff is kind of based on that. You know what I mean? Like, you mean based on like when you first heard those and it just kind of left that mark on you? Yeah. It was just like this thing of like how impactful that comp was at the moment when like I didn't even own it. You know, it was just like something that I heard in (laughs) past. kind of in passing but it was so like it like it like burned a fucking like a weird like <laughs> yeah That's yeah the like, cool thing about um music is that like people like or like back in the day is that you consumed it or you were exposed to it in a completely different way than yeah the exposure was ephemeral it was like something that was tied to a memory and a place and a thing yeah. and and it, you 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 didn't have instant recall it was like well, this one no. DJ played this one track at 3 a.m. and I'm never gonna find it ever again. Or you heard yeah, it, and that was great. It, it, it was more. Car. It was more like. Yeah, well, yeah. Like every, every, yeah. Every time I thought about it, it was more like the thought of it. Yeah. The thought of it is what kept like. Kind of kept this like burning memory in my yeah. mind. You know what I mean? And, and it was really funny because like so yesterday like literally like, you know like I spent like a couple of hours during the day like finding all these like tracks that I knew I had somewhere like on a hard drive. It wasn't something that I had like, you know, at hand. And, um, but once like, you know, I just kept listening to it over and over. I was like, fuck man. Like it was so like that, like the thought of that was like one of the most important things to me because it was like, the thought of it had so much more weight than the actual music. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. I was going to ask, like, how, how, does, how, how does the comp hold up, you know? No, it still does. I yeah. mean, it still really does. But, like, when, 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 still when I hear those pieces, I was just like, fuck, man, like, they're still really great. But, like, the, the impact of, like, yeah, what I thought The impact was, is not the same. Yeah, the impact and, was greater. And you're kind of always going to be chasing that dragon, too. Yeah, 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 a little bit. But but at the same time, I mean, when, when you know, like yesterday when, like, I heard the tracks, I was like, fuck, these are actually really, really amazing. And, like, they're still really great. Mm. But, like, still the thought of it 
is greater has more has more weight you yeah. know because th- like the thought of it was one of those things that like made me realize like how important those things were and it, it was and it was funny because so i did like one hour of like detroit stuff which was like you know i i, I basically played like the comp not in its entirety but like i mixed it like start to finish like you know different tracks top to bottom and then like you know picked a couple of like like you know metroplex things and like some some ur stuff nice um some planet e stuff and then the second hour was basically like going through like you know like what like basic channel and basic channel mauricio and chain reaction stuff oh yeah because you know for me again that was a thing like initially like when i got into techno like um i don't know if you guys know marcus miller uh marcus was like a really important person for me lived in new york for a long time he like now lives in like vermont or some shit i i've heard of him through evan but i i've yeah, never met familiar him. but i don't i don't know yeah him. so like evan so like i met evan through marcus you right. know like um basically like marcus used to work uh i mean he lived in San Francisco for a long time, and that's how I met like John Tejada and like John Santos and uh, Matthew Curry and you know Josh Clayton and Seth Sutek or whatever. Shout out um, Tiger Beat. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. And um, but with like that, you know, with Marcus, I mean, Marcus moved to New York, and that like uh, basically like you know he was he used to work at, at like Tonic and Subtonic. That's where I you know, it was like his main gig that I met him when he was living in New York. And like, um, you know, it was like one of those things that like, he showed me so much stuff and like music wise, like it was just one of those things that like, I learned, like he basically gave me this compilation, the, in, in order to dance, uh, the RNS compilation. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I think, Mind you, I think it was like number seven. I'm not sure, but he gave me the box set, like literally as a as a present. But that but that comp, it was like, it was like on that comp, it was like um, basic channel, Kenny Larkin, Frank the Wolf, Testy, mm. um, Six Nine, like all this like Detroit stuff. So it's pretty, and, it's like, pretty much the best of the In Order to Dance compilations, right? Yeah, yeah, and, and, and dude, like that that like. You know, for me, w- once I heard that, it was like, oh shit! Like, you know, because like, you know, I was, you know, I like was obviously here in LA going to raves and stuff, and like, you know, like Latin underground scene, like going to like weird raves and shit. But the difference was like that that comp made me understand was like, oh, so this is like some interesting kind of like dance music stuff that's like kind of like separate from what I'm hearing when I go out. But this is what I like. This yeah. is like. What were you is, hearing when you went out? Um, it was a little more like progressive, you know, like breakbeat stuff, like acid. Okay. You know, I mean, there was like, it, I mean, growing up, there there was a couple of DJs that like, um, for example, there was this like membership club that we used to go to called Parliament, and um, Parliament had a couple of like resident DJs. A lot of them were from San, were from San Francisco, so there was this huh. guy Ernie Ernie Munson, um, all the wicked guys basically. Oh yeah, so okay. They would all play at these parties too, but there's there's this one specific guy. His name is Michael Cook, and he was like a British expat, and he was the one that would like play, like 
he would play like you know, <laughs> um, Ron Trent, Altered States, you know, like like that kind of stuff. Like he, mm-hmm. he would like mix it in with the shit that he was playing, but you know, we would hear like some some things that were like kind of like at least for me were like, mm-hmm. oh shit, like this is what I I'm hearing this on these compilations or whatever, you know. Hmm. Um, Wait, and so- and and this was like a like a members club, you said. So you had to. How did the entry work? It, it, it basically was like a membership club. Okay. Like you, you, you know, like if you had this like little. I mean, it was like a laminated card that they gave you at the door once oh, yeah. you got it, and uh, you know, it, and it was cool. Like I used to go to raves. Like that's kind of what you know. We, was we, it like we, a crowd control thing, or or was it like because it was at an unlicensed venue, or? Yeah. Oh, yeah, because it was all underground stuff. Ah, so like, cool. okay. but it was also to kind of like promote the way that they sure. would have like you know to keep their crowd in a way yeah, like yeah, okay totally. like right. Foster's if you have a membership club you're going to come to our club because you're a member huh. you know like that kind of thing yeah um, and you know it was like the music was like a little more like it was like a mixture of like house and like progressive kind of like techno acid stuff mm-hmm. you know. So when when you said that you heard uh, like Ron Trent Alder States and stuff like that, like do you mean that like you were exposed to more of like a Midwest sound that you weren't hearing um, as much on the on the West Coast or? It, no, I mean I didn't even know what that was. It was just basically like, you know, it was like one of those things. Like we always at the parties, like we always heard like you know paperclay people throw. We you yeah. know Alder States was like just like kind of part of like what would always would would always get played at the club. And you were basically like, waiting around for those tracks to get played. Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. Yeah, they like, played it. We, we didn't, what yeah, a, we what didn't about really... it compared to what other stuff that you heard? What like what was it like? What stood out for you? Um, or if you, if I mean, you can just, expand. It, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It was just kind of like, um, you know, it's like it was like kind of like club fodder to these tracks that were like really, really like impactful. You know, it's like... Um, I mean, like, the first time I heard, like, you know, it's, like, you, the first time you hear, like, throw, like, let's say, like, paper kill people, like, you know, like, I was, like, oh, shit, like, th- that's that's that track. And then, you know, slowly, like, I just became accustomed to being, like, oh, yeah, like, that's that's that mm. track, and I, I need <laughs> to find it or whatever, you know, like. And um, funny enough, you know, it's, like, you know, I was really good friends. I became friends with, like, my, because of Marcus. Also, like, I became friends with John Tejada. And John was really good friends with uh, these other guys that were like uh, the guys that ran Plug Research and mm. Plug Research. Plug Research at the time, at least for us here in California, like you know they they were like like they were kind of working for Planet E. So like Carl Craig would give them promos, just to like go to clubs and like give records out. So like for example, like my copy of like the Fourth Dimension, the Connection Machine. Um, all these early Planet E records, like literally, like I just got them for free from these guys that were just like kind of like, yeah, like we know Carl and he wants us to give these records out, you know. It's like, so a lot of like, that's kind of that was my introduction, and then like literally, like I remember going to like a party, and uh, one of the guys that was teaching this guy Joe Babylon that ran was one of the guys that also ran Plug Research. And he, his record box was really funny because it was like one of those record boxes that like every record was like in like a like pristine like white sleeve in a plastic baggie, and like 
<laughs> and it was just like it was like DBX, uh, or like a lot of the early cabinet stuff, like cabinet records, which is like uh, DJ Sky and Daniel P. Like this kind of like more like you know this, this like dub techno stuff, which is which part of the reason I did the radio show yesterday was like you know for me Detroit, you know basic channel chain reaction was like a really big deal. So, um, but like he literally had like all those records like. In you know it was like plastic bag, white sleeve, white paper sleeve, like super clean, like super nerdy, like and clearly never played in the club. Yeah, <laughs> totally. I mean, he would, but it was like everything was just like played, That's like right. you know, it's like just so like like clinical in a way, yeah. you know. Um, but the thing about it was like he, he the one thing he did give me was the number to submerge. I was like, hey, where 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 do you get all these records? He's like, look. Here, let me give you let me give you this number. And he's like, "Do you have a fax machine at home?" I'm like, yeah, I told you my parents totally have, <laughs> totally have a fax machine. <laughs> wow. And like, so I, I like literally just sent a fax to the number. I was like, "Yeah, I, I would like the catalog <laughs> for whatever you guys are selling." And that then like amazing. I got the, and then I got the fucking like massive fucking like multi-page like fax of like all the new releases. And it was, and the funny thing was, it was like at the time when, like, I mean, like all my Mauricio records, like literally, like I got them all real time. Like I got like M5 when it came out, dude. Oh yeah. (laughs) And like, and like I saw the pre-order for like M6, and I was like, yeah, I want that too. And like literally, like I got M6 when it came out. M7, same. All the, most of the chain reaction records, dude. Like I got them all real time, like one to one. Like these came out the fucking week before. I got them the week later. You yeah. know, what I was you like, when you first heard them, like how did those hit you, dude? I it was just like I always just like this is the kind of techno that I like. Yeah, like yeah. this is you know it's like you know in like you know like when I heard like the in order to dance compilation. Was like, that the first time heard, you heard like, Basic Channel, like? On the that, 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 that was the first time I heard Basic Channel was yeah. through that comp. Um, but also like Kenny Larkin's Soul Man, like there was this like Kenny Larkin check that was like super cordy, and I was like, yo, like this is the techno that I like, like this is the kind of shit that I like. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, I was like super into like early CJ Boland and things like that, and like yeah. I was just like, fuck, like this is for me. Like the music that uh, like that I I kind of like I'm really into you know and like slowly like that's kind of what fostered everything that like I I, I like kept getting into or whatever as the time went on you know. Did it feel yeah, I mean, like crazy? I mean, getting all the like at the time, did it feel? Because I mean, I can't even imagine like no, hearing I mean, all no, like it, that it, chain it, reaction it stuff it in didn't, real time. It didn't. You know? I mean, it was just like I mean, think about it like. You know, it's like one of those things like I would buy stuff just because like I'm like, I don't know if I even really like this. I'm just right. going to buy it because I think I should. Or like, you know, you know so, you're like in 10 years, I'll probably like maybe, maybe. I'll have something. It was, it, yeah, it was kind of like, about this. So like for, yeah. So, for example, like like the, the like the I remember when they listed the, the return of Rexia. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the one with like Rubik's Cube. Yeah. And like, um bang bang uh, what the, yeah and bang bang <laughs> the other track but i remember where they like that was that was listed as a pre-order dude it was listed as a fucking pre-order and i was like i should probably buy that i don't know if i'd like it 
right. that I'm going to buy. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And like, I don't totally get this yet, but I know I will one day. Yeah, totally. I mean, dude, like, I remember calling in, and, like, you would call into the number, and, like, fucking Mike, 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 fucking Mike Bank's sister would, like, answer the phone and be like, how, like, how can I help you? And be like, hey, like, I, I kind of want to hear this record. And she'd be like, oh, yeah, let me, let me play, let me play. It oh, man, that's record. something I so yeah. miss. Over the Calling the record stores. Yes, that was dude, so sick. Fucking, yeah, they would play it over the fucking phone, dude. And just I, like, I, I, oh, I used yeah, to do that all the time at Massive Records. Or I would call up massive, like, oh, did you get the new uh, six shooter record? And I got, I got to hear it. it. That, that, that's, that's, that's so, and that's so long gone. Yeah, they play it for you over the phone. Yeah, they I know, play it for I you mean, over the phone. Okay, well, I worked at a record store in two thousand one. I guess we were not doing that then. Yeah, yeah I mean, but this is, like, I mean, this is like, I mean, fuck, this is like nineteen. It's like 1994, 95. Okay, yeah, that's a different yeah. <laughs> And like, I mean, so you know, so like, I amass like, you know, I mean, literally like all all of my Drexia records that I have. I mean, dude, I, I bought them like real time, like oh, you yeah. know, like the Aqua Zone, like that's my ver- cool. like my copies of the Aqua Zone, <laughs> like literally was like, hell yeah, yeah. I think that's kind of weird, but I'm just gonna buy it anyways because I don't even, I like it, but I don't really know. But yeah, I'm just yeah. Gonna buy it, you know what I mean. So that was kind of it, you know, and, but, but I was like, I mean, for me, like Detroit techno and like, you know, basic channel and chain reaction, like it, dude, it was so like, it was so, I, I hadn't heard anything like that. And, 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 and to that point, like even since like it, I've never really that, that kind of like, kind of awe. Um, it's mm-hmm. kind of hard to come by, you know, it's yeah, like, there's right. parts that, you know, it's happened to me over the years. And like, you know, for example, like the first time I heard like a certain ratio, let's say mm. like post-punk style, like, you know, yeah. I, like I remember going, you know, my friend Marcus again, you know, who introduced me to that he, he moved to New York and he, um, he brought me to this club that was like, th- these girls were DJing in the basement of lit. Um, and this is like 1997, 98. And I was like, dude, what the fuck is all this stuff? I like never heard any of this music, <laughs> you know, like, you know, cause like, you know, I grew up tail end of the eighties. So I was like super into the Smiths, super into new order, super into Jack on the Bunnyman, and like, just like general new wave stuff, like really into the cure and all that shit. But I was like, fuck, like, I don't know any, any of this music. And like, literally, uh, you know, I was in the basement of lit and I was just like, dude, what the fuck is all of this stuff that I had n- <laughs> no idea about? Yeah. And like, and like literally all, all it was, was like, he's like, here's a list of shit. And, you know, at the time, you know, we, we, you know, we still have them. There's a lot of really good like record conventions here in LA. Like, like you go to the PCC, which is like Pasadena city college. And like, there's a couple of vendors that like, you would just roll up and like, dude, they would have like, all, like, at the time, it was like, oh, I just got every single Delta 5 7-inch on Rough Trade for fucking five bucks. Hell like, yeah. Every single one. Like, Hell boom, yeah. boom, 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 boom. You know? And even, like, let's say, like, I, I dude, like, all of my Throbbing Gristle 7-inches, like, in the camo baggies. What? On on Industrial Records for fucking 10 bucks. So Wait, it was, like, Zy- Zycon B. Yeah. Jesus. Dude, like all that shit. Like I would just was go there and just be like, from like, like from private collections. Just people would just bring this shit and just, and yeah, just sell it. Yeah, I mean, PCC was just like it was just like a it was like a record swap. Wow. Uh, you know, but it was like it was before the reissue craze. Right. So right. like, you know, people were just selling their shit and like yeah. selling stuff and like, yeah. I mean, dude, like 
I mean, dude, my copy of Distant Dreams, like, literally, I got, like, 20 years ago at one of these wow. fucking things. And it's, like, it's the same copy that I have. And, I, like, I fucking, I'm so happy that I have it. Wow. But it's, like, literally, like, camo baggy, clean-ass fucking 7-inch. And I got a fucking PCC. <laughs> I got a Pasadena City College at some, like, <laughs> record, like, red, like, and I was, like, oh, yeah. I, I think I like this. I don't really know what it is, but this is fucking sick. It's weird, know, but like, cool. I mean, I think those experiences are just done. I don't think that's ever going to happen again like that. Not the same. No, it, it's different. I mean, I think it still does to yeah. a, a little bit. With, like, lovers of trance, right? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the only thing, but, like, people are digging for now, it seems like. Yeah, know. a little bit, but I, I still think, I mean, you know, it's like when, you know, I'll, I'll meet some, like, young kids and, like, they they still have that experience, you know, because it's. Yeah, I, I yeah, think I at the end of the at the end of the day, I think part of it is like, like it's like relative perception. I mean, that's one yeah. of the biggest things that like I yeah. think that like, I I went to college for like a year. <laughs> that's the one thing I learned in one of my classes, and like it's the one thing that stuck with me the most is like, you know, we all experience everything real time. You know, it's like, hmm. yeah. Let's say like you know, it, it's like. You know, for example, people, you know, it's like I, I work with a lot of new bands. So let's say like a band like Body of Light or Drag Majesty or let's say Hyde. Yeah. Any one of these bands. Right. So if imagine being fucking 16, 17 or 18. Yeah. And hearing that and, shit for the very yeah. first time. And you experience it and it's like, what the fuck is this? Like, right. yeah. the, you know, this is this and, is my music. This is the real shit. This is crazy. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And like. It, it, it doesn't you, you you can't really you can't put a number on that you can't totally. put a figure yeah. on it. you can't really like you can't like quantify what the experience for someone to hear that for the first time and that's what i've realized with a lot of you know especially what we do you know you know we we all make music and we all like try we all strive to make something interesting or whatever you know but the beauty of it is like dude for some people like what we do is like it's the first time they hear something like that yeah. that might be outside yeah. of their realm and yeah. like of course you know we're fucking old and we're fucking jaded and we're like oh yeah fuck like that's yeah. blah 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 like this is that this is that not me dude, not me i'm not like that at all yeah <laughs> i feel like even older people or some of my peers for example um Maybe they're coming into electronic music a little bit later in life because they've pursued other arts, like they're yeah. actors or performers totally. in other ways, yeah. and they realize like the value of like the kind of music that we're into. It's not just like about clubbing and yeah, and raving and stuff. It's like it's actually like very, it's like intellectually stimulating music, or if if you will, you know. Totally. Um, but 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 imagine hearing that for the first time. Yeah, that's like, what I'm saying. Like, it it doesn't even have to be like a young person per se. It could no, be, like someone who's right, like my I, peer, no, right? But just involved but, in like other arts, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. But like, you know, and that's the thing. I mean, for me, it's like I'm such a like I'm always like uh, such a naysayer of like my music. I'm like, oh yeah, kind of sucks. I don't know if you're gonna like it. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I'm the same. Like, that's how I'm like, I make I'm, I make like weird electronic music. I don't know totally. really how to describe it. Yeah, because it doesn't I mean, easily I, I, fit into any genre, you know. Yeah, yeah. I I got so used to like kind of like being like, um, yeah, I'm not sure if you'll like it, but this is what I do, you know. And like, 
but as I know, just as tell people I make I make clanging clanging noises with a kick drum underneath, and they know yeah. they know not to I listen. Mean, so it's I, mean, <laughs> I kind of had that experience with your Sandwall District stuff because that was when I had stopped listening to electronic music after like 2001, 2002 because yeah. I got so right. deep into clicks and cuts and like weird Dude, minimal IDM, and I was just like yep. I can't deal with this shit anymore. And then around like 08, 09, I discovered Minimal Sausages and I discovered yep. Shackleton and I discovered Sandwell right. District. And I was like, this is it. This is why I started listening to electronic music to begin with. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, whereas, totally. like, I mean, dude, like, I mean, it's really funny because, like, you know, I, you know, like, uh, I've been dealing with Dave Function a bunch. Dave's doing this whole, like, thing at Atonal. And it's like, it's like a new thing for him. Like, you know, he like, he like fucked off Oscar. He was like, you know, he was a Baritone resident. Mm. <laughs> like, he totally like fucked them off. and was like, I, I'm never playing here again. I mean, he doesn't play Baritone anymore. He's done. You know, huh. like he's over oh. it. But why? And like now, like, so his new album is coming out. It's coming out on fucking Tresor. Because uh, whoa, like, whoa, they're the only people that were like, yes, we'll deal with you because you're a fucking psycho. <laughs> you know? And I love Dave. But 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 the thing about it is like you know it's like you know we all experience things in, in our own different ways and like I mean Sandwell District for me it was like such a experiment because it was like you know like I, so like I met Carl and so I met Carl and Peter Sutton um, they were playing a fucking Halloween party in LA um, they randomly like what got year fucked was over. This? This is like 1998, maybe. Wow. wow. Okay. <laughs> they got fucked over by the promoter and like literally called me from a payphone in the valley. We're like, "Hey, dude, we're in the valley. We don't know where the fuck we are. Can you come get us? Because we we have no idea where we are." I was like, "Okay." Uh, I'll, like, I'll, I had a pager at the time. I was I like, "Okay." I love these stories, Juan. <laughs> I feel like I'll you, come you, get you guys. You tell these stories as if they happened not that long ago. Like the memories are still feel so fresh from the perspective that you're telling them. And I'm just yeah, but dude, I'm so just eating this ago. up. This is really good. <laughs> Yeah, it's great podcast. Really but like yeah. literally like Carl 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 and fucking Peter text me to my fucking pager wow. and I was like, let me come get you guys right now. They were like at some random payphone in the valley because like the promoter left them high and dry. Jesus. Like they didn't pick them up or whatever. So <laughs> they'd never been to California before. So like two things that happened. They're like, we really want to see the beach. So I took them to like Santa Monica, I took them to Venice, and they're like, hey. We heard that there's a fucking airport that's fucking basically it's John Wayne Airport. You're like, who the fuck like names an airport after a fucking racist? <laughs> Motherfucker, can you please take us there? Wow. So, so I pick him up in the fucking valley, dude, and like my fucking Mazda. Like, <laughs> Let's go see three, the like, racist airport. <laughs> They're like, but no, because dude, at John Wayne Airport, there's like this massive statue of John Wayne. Oh yes, yeah, fucked sick, up. Actually, they're yeah. like, "Can you please take us there? Because we want to take photos." And I, I have them somewhere, but I like literally drove drove them to the airport and like took photos of them in front of the fucking John Wayne statue Fuck yeah. because they were like so into it. That's where the story and um, that's how me and Carl and Pete became friends, you know, basically. And because so Samuel District time, was born at the John Wayne Airport. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, but because at the time also, like, um, so me, Josh Clayton, Marcus Miller, and John Tejada were all working on this label called Sidetracks, and we right. were doing, like, kind of, like, you know, I was really into, like, Mauricio and, like, the kind of, like, dub techno stuff. And, like, yeah. um, 
Josh also was really into that stuff. So like we had started a record label and we were, you know, at the time looking for distribution. So we were working with Sonic Groove for a long time. And then like, we were like, well, we need to get these records into Europe. So, um, you know, we sent a bunch of packages off to like Formic, Prime, all the main distros at the time, you know, this is like fucking 1998 or whatever, 1999. Um, yeah, it was like 98. And uh, Carl, uh, you know, Regis, had a distribution company with Peter Sutton and Tony Vieira, which was called uh, Integral. Um, they were the only ones that were like got, got back to us. It was like, who, who the fuck are you guys? And this is weird. You're from California. Why are you making this like weird ass music? And we yeah. want to put it out, you know? <laughs> you know, cause it's like, great. it's like, you know, we lived in California. We're like making like all this like kind of like dub, like dark dub techno shit or whatever. Yeah, there was, and, there was basically nothing like that at the time no, from here. Plug research, plug research was the only thing, you know, plug research yeah. and us were like the only thing. Um, so that's how like, you know, me and Carl became friends initially and Tony and all this kind of thing. And so like, you know, we started working with them a little bit and then like when they came on this tour, that was the thing. Like they basically like we, they had my information. So they were like, yo, we just got fucked over by the promoter. Can you come get us? And like, so that was like what established like early on. And, and the thing about Carl, this is the thing, like for me, Regis, like, I can't stress it enough, like, changed my life, dude, basically, yeah. you know, because, like, when, you know, we were kind of, like, becoming friends, whatever, and, like, through the distro, but then in 2000s, the vinyl industry took a shit, and, like, yeah. everyone filed for bankruptcy, and it was, like, really kind of weird, but me and Carl kind of stayed friends. At the same time, also, <laughs> I got in some legal trouble here in, 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 in the States, and I couldn't leave, like, the county, basically, <laughs> but... Carl would come on vacation to California every year and he would stay in like all these mental hotels and like in, in like Venice or like just like coastal. He was just like really huh. into LA. But the thing he, what he loved about LA was like, he loved like Jeffrey Lee Pierce, like the gun club, you know, it's mm. like that part of LA is what he loved. Right. You right. Know? Right. Like, and so it was like, oh, it's like, oh shit, you like that stuff? He's like, I was like, yeah, like I'm really into this. He's like, let me send you a couple CDs. So, so for example, my introduction into Daff and Suicide, I obviously are, I, I knew what Suicide was, but like he sent me a mixed CD. It was like, it was like Daff, Suicide, and Apex Twin. Hell yeah, <laughs> and, like, Jesus! And I mean, dude, it in, was just in like, in whatever, like as an American in like. 99 90 2000 yeah. whatever it was like it was hard to find out about suicide it was not yeah. like Dude, yeah. that wasn't yeah. a band like, you just unless, knew about unless you yeah unless you experienced it real time like you didn't know what the fuck suicide was no. like i i mean like i i like i knew because i'd gone to new york and i was like oh what's this this is sick but i you know i didn't have the first whole record i didn't have like you know i didn't i didn't you know there was like, there was a reissue that came out i think i want to say in 2000 i think it was yes. 2000 it was, and that's that, that that's when like, i finally right got it that. yeah Totally. And, and, but did that was a thing? Like, Carl was like, Oh, you like this stuff? Oh, shit. Let me show you what I like to, you know? And like, Carl, let me play you my like, buddy Robert Girl's music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like, Carl was such an anomaly, dude. Like, you know, it's like, dude, still, like, look, literally, like, like five days ago, he sent me uh, some videos of him at 14 like from his mom's house and it's like dude they're like the best like there's like the best like fucking industrial videos that you've never seen <laughs> you know it's like it's like the 
it's like you know what he was doing at 14 i mean dude he was like you know he was like just some weird kid that was like really into like knights or ebb like yeah like my favorite thing is like i'm really good friends with douglas mccarthy douglas sent me this fucking video he's like watch this he's like look look at look at who's in the crowd and like literally so douglas mccarthy's like you know like fucking singing like joining the chant style like on some fucking night's rev track and then carl jumps on stage and hugs douglas mccarthy <laughs> and this is there's a fucking video on you fucking youtube where like 14 year old fucking oh, carl yeah. connor is like hugging fucking douglas mccarthy oh, on stage wow and, oh and that's dude, that's beautiful and you can't like you can't fuck with that, dude. Like you, you cannot. You can't, it's you can't, it's, like, it's in Carl's like, blood. That's uh, that's undeniable yeah, for sure. Dude, I mean, dude, like the best thing that I love is like, dude, like I was a really big like uh, Ned's Atomic Dustbin fan <laughs> in like the '90s. Carl's shitty weird band, Ascender Electronics, opened up for Ned's Atomic Dustbin in some weird ass <laughs> fucking podunk town and fucking like, fucking like, like like. UK like northern UK town, yeah you know like and that's the thing about Carl like he's always been like this weird anomaly of a person yeah like, you know he'll, he'll send me videos and it's like dude what year is this he's like it's like, <laughs> like 1986 I'm like dude this track is sick it's like sicker than like any reissue yeah. <laughs> it's just what we were doing I mean literally Jeez. it's like he, he, and and the thing about Carl is like you know, like for example, like when I would, I would, I would be buying techno records from Integral or whatever, and like, you know, they, they did this whole series of seven inches that were like, um, all the stuff that became Sandra Electronics and like, um, dude, it was just like weird, like drum machine, like synth stuff, and like they would just give them away for free. If you bought a techno record, you got a free wow. seven inch, you know, and like <laughs> literally, dude, I would just be like oh, this is kind of cool. Like, I don't know what the fuck this is, but I'm just going to keep all of this stuff. And, like, I became the fucking, like, the fucking the like, archivist. archivist for all, all this shit because Carl doesn't even have half of the fucking files. I'm like, I'm sure. oh, yeah, I have that. Let me email it to you really quick. You know? And, you know, for me, like, you know, as, as Sandal District started, that, that was the beauty of it. It's like, you know, so vinyl industry takes a shit, integral files for bankruptcy. We all are, like, fucking crying and bummed out because... You know, we all owe money to the European government and, like, no one has money to pay for it. So we're like, fuck it, you know. Um, but Carl was like, yo, here's some stuff. And as it went on, like, and I think this is, like, probably, like, 2004 at this point. Carl was like, if you want, ever want to make techno music again, we're starting up this label, Sandal District, which had existed since the early 2000s. Like, Ian J. Richardson and both, like, James Ruskin had done, like, stuff for them and remixes or whatever. He's like, we're gonna start it. We're gonna start this over again. Dave had, I think, was still living in New York, um, and was about to move to Berlin. But all this stuff, kind of like, it was like we we were really into like you know like TV party and like you know Jean Michel Basquiat and fucking like, you know, um, God, what's his name? Fuck, uh, like Glenn O'Brien, you know, like, and like for Carl was like, yeah, like we were all into all this stuff, you know, he's really, you know, he showed me like malaria and like, you know, good and gut and all this kind of shit. And like, and we were, I, I, and, and this is the same time that I'd like gone to New York and like went to this club at lit and found out about like a certain ratio and was like, yo, I love all of this shit. And then Carl was like, Oh, you like this stuff. He's like, I haven't heard of this stuff in 20 years, you know, like, <laughs> and I remember like I was buying all these records and like Carl would come on vacation 
to California and I was DJing at these like weird bars in Long Beach. And I remember playing like, you know, James Chance, like contort yourself at this bar, <laughs> you know, it was and also the time of like, you know, prime time of like the rapture. Like it was like when DFA yeah, the, the, was the, like, the, the, the post, the, the, the first great post-punk revival. Yeah. It was fucking great. It was fucking great. Like it was the best, you know? And like, yeah. And like literally not the like, rapture, Carl, but oh, the, the, all the other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Totally. And like, you know, I, you know, like, dude, we would play all these records and then like, Carl would come on vacation and Carl was just like, he was like, wow. It's like, this is amazing. I haven't heard any of these records in like 20 <laughs> years. And like, and that, that was kind of like where Sandwell District kind of found its way because we were like, okay, we're going to try. Okay. Okay. Thank you. We, we were going to try to like, just like, basically like, okay, how can we like distill these ideas mm -hmm. And like fuck with techno in, in like a non-techno way, you know what I mean? Wow. Like, and you know, Oscar and Bearkind was like literally just like was like the thing. Tressor was kind of done, you know. Like, Minimal was like still happening, but on its way out. But it was like a thing, you know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, but we we would get a lot of support from like Marcel Detman, Ben Clark, and Norman Nodge. Like literally, like. I mean, dude, I, I was looking at the calendar. Like, I've been playing at Barrakine since 2008. Wow. Like, my first DJ set at Barrakine was in 2008, dude. It's 2019. Cool. Damn. Jesus. You know what I mean? It's fucked up. Ago. The tens flew yeah. by really fast. Yeah, they really did, huh? Yeah. And and the thing that with Carl, that's the thing. Like, you know, it's like, you know, we kind of were able to, like, create this dichotomy of, like, for us, what, what for me, I mean, even for me, it was like, okay, how can we make techno post punk in a way? Like, how can we do that? How can we, like, part of it? Yeah, how can visuals? we mix? How did yeah, you, how can we, with your visuals, Mon? Like, that, yeah. that, that no, aesthetic totally. changed the game for me. It just made me think about the music in a totally different way. Totally. I mean, dude, myself included. I mean, literally, like, I was working at this, like, advertising job, and, like, the whole, the whole trick of it was, like, I would have, like, let's say, like, every week I would have like three or four days like of doing nothing. And like, it was like, okay, I need to make one thing a day for mm -hmm. the blog. And needs, and like, you know, it was just like feeding information of like seeing, you know, it's like looking at old, old books and like, you know, like punk things and like, but also like, you so know, I, I, I was never, in... I have, if I can interrupt really quick, yeah, sorry. Sorry. How did you, yeah. Like how did you resolve that question? To make techno post punk, it, was that purely through a visual um, a little aspect, bit, yeah. or or yeah. like how else did you think about that? I'm curious, like what your whole thought process was behind I that, mean, and, and was that was that the main question that you wanted to? A little bit, it was because you know, like I was finding out, you know, like you know, like at the same time, also like you know, like there was this like um, this one uh, compilation that came out that was like New Deutsch. And it was like mm -hmm. the one uh, DJ Hell, DJ Hell, and some other dude put together. Yeah, the, it was the, it was actually, the Gigolo comp was was, was good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that one, dude. And dude, you know, because I was like, that was like late '90s. No, the comp was it was 2001 or maybe 2002. Yeah. Okay. Totally. And dude, like, at, so when that happened, I was just like, holy shit! Like, and, and this is the same time that I'd gone to New York, and like had, had gone to the fucking club in the basement of Lit, and I was just like what is all of this shit that I know nothing about, you know? But Carl was like, oh, you want to know about this? And, like, <laughs> Carl, like, obviously, it was like, oh, let me show you. Like, you know, he, I mean, dude, that guy, that guy lived everything real time. Like, when you go to Carl's house, like, you know, he has, like, 
he has like veiled denim paintings that like when 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 veiled denim was like on the fucking on the outs like you know this person like did a lot of stuff for like crazy mute compilations like paintings and like literally carl was like oh can i buy some of your stuff because i know you're fucking broke and like literally like carl has like veiled denim paintings wow because he was there at the time <laughs> you know like it, you know it's just like one of those crazy things you know like that like Wait, so like, b- b- before we continue speaking of crazy things, maybe we should introduce the episode. <laughs> we're past that. <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah. yeah. This is Base Camp Beta number 21. Hi. Awesome. Hello. <laughs> Thank you. We got, uh, we got Juan Mendez on today. So honored to have you. Yeah, thanks for oh, coming on. Thanks. <laughs> but, yeah, so, so to kind of, like, recap, I mean, literally. Very like, smooth. I mean, very smooth. Seamless. <laughs> you know, little things like, for example, like, I'd never heard Robert Rental. Like, but yeah. also in L.A., you know, there's a few friends of mine that, like, were, like, kind of archivists for all this shit. Like, I still remember in L.A. hearing Robert Rental Double Heart at La Cita, which is, like, some weird-ass fucking, it used to be a stripper, like, a strip club. Now it's kind of just, like, a weird Mexican bar where, like, they fucking have club <laughs> nights. But, dude, hearing Robert Rental Double, double Heart the fucking seven in, seven inch played at a club and i was like dude what is this it's like it's i think it's like mute 10 and like carl's like oh you like robert rental blah blah blah, blah. and he was like like <laughs> like carl was like let me show you this and like it, it was just like i mean dude like for example like carl hates the smiths like he was just like i mean i love the smiths but carl like hates that shit but he's like oh you like jangly shit let me show you this and like he sent me this compilation there's a band called subterranean the subterranean hawks so subterranean hawks was what became duran duran which is like really fucked oh, up. Wow. oh yeah but dude you hear subterranean hawks there's a fucking track they did on this weird ass fucking cherry red compilation love cherry red and and dude, the track's fucking sick. You're like, what is this? Like, oh my god, like this the, the this became fucking Duran Duran. But it's like it's like such a fucking sick guitar fucking like jangly record. It's like, you know, it like kind of mirrors like I'm a huge not, Duran say, Duran fan, actually. Duran Duran rule. <laughs> I mean they're great. Like pretty much yeah. all eras. Yeah. But but the thing is about like that's the thing. Like Carl was like, Oh, you like this? Let me show you this. Like that's, that's right, that's right. Carl. Like you're like, oh, fuck i had no idea that this was this good and this i like it doesn't exist anywhere digitally like the only thing you can hear that fucking record is on youtube or if you have the fucking record you know like that's it yeah um but you know so i don't worry it, it'll be reissued in the next uh, 18 months because everything maybe will. maybe maybe i doubt it's still <laughs> i know it probably probably someone won't, who <laughs> listens to this podcast will now get yeah, subterranean, subterranean hawks might get reissued after, you know, <laughs> um but 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 that's the thing, you know. Like I, you know, for me, I learned so much about techno music, and I learned so much about like, just like the, you know, like, like for example, let's say like the first time that I heard Daff, the first time I heard Daff and Suicide, I understood why Carl made the music that he makes. Oh yeah, totally. You know what I mean? Like you listen to like the first couple of Daff records, and you're like, shit. Re- early Regis is like fucking daft sequences right, and then yeah. as it progressed you're like oh, that's daft sequences with like fucking with like uh let's say like suicide atmospherics you know yeah. and like it just that's the progression you know and like well, no it, it, it totally makes sense to why he carl was drawn to mill step to yeah. enchantment because totally the lineage is right Dude, there for sure 
hundred percent. And like early on, like you know, like me, me as a techno buyer, like I was way more on like the Regis camp. I was way more sorry, way more of the Surgeon camp. I was like, oh, I like Surgeon way more than I like Regis. But once I understood what like why Carl did what he does, like oh shit, this is why I like Regis. Like this is I, why his I, music. I stand by. I think Penetration is one of the best techno records ever, and I think, I think maybe, yeah. maybe the. I think penetration is the moment where the Birmingham Birmingham sound becomes its own thing and is no longer indebted to, to Detroit. Yeah, totally. I think that I mean, that you, that you statement is, is a like huge gymnastics, break. G- gymnastics is purely is purely fucking daft sequences. Gymnastics, one hundred percent, is just like daft sequences. That's it. But when you listen to penetration, or even like you know, in, delivered into the hands of indifference. Yeah, that record for me was like oh. Like you got you figured something out. Yeah. Like this is completely different. Like there's like basic channel atmospherics, but there's like really these like kind of daft sequences and like, dude, like this is it's really funny. Like I told Carl that I told him the story many times, but like I like I remember having a dream before I met any of them <laughs> that that Carl, Pete, and Tony had played my high school dance like one of my high school <laughs> dances. And I, and like I met them all there. And then later, I was just like, dude, I had this, you know, I had this really weird dream that we all met at one of my high school dances, and now we're all friends. Like, what the fuck? Like, it was super weird, you know? But, you know, like, I I was a fan before I knew them. Like, I was really, I was, like, buying downward (laughs) stuff, like, religiously, but I kind of didn't even know what it was. I just was like, I like this stuff. This is, like, kind of weird and fucked up, you know? And so that's, like, you know, you know, it's kind of where, like, techno has, like, led me, you know? and Yeah. Now I can come back to it and understand why it is what it is for me and also distill that and see like, okay, like here's where I am. Here's what it is to me and try to like figure it out. You know what I mean? It's like, that's kind of the beauty of it. It's like, it's a techno is such a weird thing because it, it can be so personal, you know, and like for a lot of, you know, and that it really was for us. And like, you know, like with Sandwell district, that's the beauty of it. It was like, it was such a we were all just like hmm how can we fuck with this in a different way yeah how can we make this um something more than it is in a way like i think that was we talked about it a little bit on the podcast but i think that was one of the big questions facing techno fans and tech techno musicians in mm. like in the mid 2000s like by 2002 3 4 especially like if you couldn't you couldn't make techno. You couldn't be a techno musician, especially in the states, because there yeah. was no, there was nowhere to play it. There was no, there were people, like in in the in like the post rave fallout, like people hated techno. They hated it. Oh, totally. Yeah, it was like, like it was a bad word. When I, was a bad yeah, word. when I, when I when I told people like yeah, I like uh, electronic music, but not the electronic music you're thinking of. Like y- you had to be so defensive. Uh, yeah. Because people people whole would just be like people would just be like oh you like you like techno really ugh. You yeah. suck. Now people, yeah. now people are like, still doing that. You know. That. Yeah. I mean, well, now they do it because the techno is too popular. Like, so. You know, it's like James Brown is dead. You know, like <laughs> right, that, right. That that was techno at the time. You know, and like, I mean, even for me, like, you know, what I knew of techno is like, oh yeah, that's that. Oh, wait, but no, there's a whole other. Yeah. There's a whole other world that like this is not the same. Yeah. You know, it's like a completely different. You know what I mean? But but and, I but I, I, I do think like like one of the big questions in the in the, in the two thousands was like how do we how do we make techno that isn't techno basically? Um, totally totally, and I think that's what like you know like I'm curious. You know, Oscar, Oscar and Berkheim kind of like 
helped establish that. I mean, I yeah. mean, dude, like, well, I, th know, I think they, those... they 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 found the blueprint to move forward for sure. Yeah, I'm curious totally. at what I mean, uh, Chris Miller's um, perspective on on this is. Like, I was gonna say just because like I'm younger than everyone here, so like me hearing Sandwell District. Like for me, that was kind of like what we were talking about earlier. Um, uh, for me, that was super like formative because this was the first time I was hearing a lot of those sounds. I mean, Samuel District did a lot of stuff that uh, hadn't been done before, but it was also totally. playing with a lot of like, I don't know, very like referencing a lot of uh, things kind of like we're talking about Detroit. Detecto Vanyo. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, Mika Vanyo. I mean, I had never heard a Mika Vanyo record. And Sorry. then you hear like, you know, dave's first couple records on samuel totally. district and you're like oh yeah. shit okay you know um 100 yeah, and like you know like for me it was like you know like i knew the i had those mika vanya records but like you really couldn't dj them out it wasn't something you played out regularly right. yeah at least being from you know the states it was just like stuff that you had you know and now it's like such a different thing like you know i can play those records out in the club you know i play dave's record or whatever like you know to come back to it and see what 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 happened at the time, it was such a different thing, you know. And you know, it was for us. It was also formative because it was like, it was you know, we were kind of looking at like techno. We were looking at it again for what it was, you know. It's like looking at like Jeff Mills and looking at like, you know, everyone was playing at one twenty six. So it was like the CDJs came into the fucking fold, and it was like, oh, you can play these older techno records slow. This, right. this is a whole new thing, you know? It's yeah. like, you know, and, like, and it was funny, man. Like, literally every fucking, every year, every every couple of months, me, Marcel Detman, Ben Clock, and Norman Nodge, Carl and Dave, we would all have fucking, we would all have a lunch every time we would play at Bergheim. They're like, yep, yeah, we're going to go talk, and we're going to talk about techno music and see what's <laughs> happening, you know? like, <laughs> And, like, dude, like, that was my introduction to these guys. Like, you know, they were really important. Like, you know, like, Marcel Detman did a remix on Sound District. So did Ben Clock, and yeah. so did Norman. No one else did remixes aside from like you know James Ruskin. That was it. All those guys did remixes for the label, you know, early on. And like you know, like my first extended set, like you know, the first time I ever played for fucking like you know twelve to five a.m. It was at fucking Berghain, you know, and like I could play Hot on the Heels of Love. I could play like. You know, and like take chances and do all yeah. these things that like were not normal for like a techno club. You know, do you think that's still the case? Um, yeah, a little bit. I mean, you know, like I still love playing a bear kind. You know, it's like now it's like you know it's a little bit like old hat for me. It's just like cool. Like I'm gonna play all these fucking EBM records that people maybe know or don't know, and it works at the club. And you know, like when I did the closing, uh, it was like fuck it's been a, it's been like two years now and i played for 11 and a half hours dude the last fucking three hours i literally just played fucking like old industrial and ebm records at fucking on that dance floor and it was fucking sick you know like mm -hmm. the magic is still there it's just it's a different magic like when i first went to Berkheim, dude like left hand side of the fucking club if you went like front oh like where the dj booth is yeah front left hand side yeah. was like strictly leather daddy yeah yeah like, <clears throat> leather daddy's leather daddy's only and that's where you went if you were like you wanted to like like you wanted to like you know get close to some fucking like sweaty dudes like that's where you went but obviously that's changed now but at the end of the day 
again, this is kind of what I was talking about, the relative perception thing. It's like people experience all these things real time. It's their experience happens to them as as they experience it. Like, you know, you, you, you can't, like, change someone's, you know, what their experience is. Now it's like... And their experiences not, are still valid and... Totally. I mean, everyone's are, you know, it, it's just, it's like, it's valid to them at the time. Yeah. And it has nothing to do with you or anyone else. It's like, it is what it is to that person at the moment. I kind of feel like the internet is changing that completely is changing the way we experience things because it's, it's, it's removing, it's removing context and time because everything yeah. is accessible from anywhere in the world at any time. Yeah, you, you, and, and you can say that totally. It also but, it also you know, flattens experience too, right? Because everyone experiences something on the internet, not exactly, yeah. uh, you know, um, totally. without context, but but in in a much more similar context. Totally, but but what I think what happens though is like when someone experiences that in a physical format, the first time they experience yeah. that in in real in in real life and flesh, it changes things, man. Yeah, yeah. like like. You can say whatever you want about like the how the internet can flatten things or what like yes it might like soften things but the moment they experience something real time real flesh yeah it changes the dynamic because you can you can never be that like unless you are that person that's experiencing it real time like that experience for that person happens at that moment yeah. In, the, in in the flesh, man. And, like, that will never change. I Which definitely is, I definitely think you're right that, like, I mean, like, you, you can say, like, yeah, Bergheim isn't quite what it used to be. But for someone going there for the first time even now, hearing that yeah. sound system, feeling that that, that crowd, hear, like, that experience is still going to be, like, holy shit, this is incredible. Yeah, course, because yeah. because they've never had that experience before. Yeah. You know, it's like it is it, it will be it will be to them what it is. To what, like, you know, like yeah. the first time, like, you know, let's say, like, you saw a rock band or a band you really like, the first time you experienced that live, like, no one can take that away from you, and no one can really quantify what that is. Yeah, but you, know? you didn't like, hear Hendrix at Woodstock, man. Totally, and everyone will tell you that. <laughs> everyone will tell you that. But the beauty of it, again, it's like, it's like why, for example, things like Sandal District have resonance, like, yeah. people experiencing techno for the first time in this format. Or let's say, you know, someone that didn't experience that, or let's say they like only experienced, like, let's say a DJ set that I DJ. If it's the first time they experienced techno in that way, that's their experience. And yeah. that's, that's what they take away from it. And you can't, you can't, um, you can't take that away from someone because like, you don't understand what they felt. You know, it's like, everything's relative. It's like, it's like, you know, it's like, it's like one of those things like experience it's like it's like you know it's relative to the individual you know those moments and things that happen they're relative to that person at that moment at that time that like you can't you can't explain it to them you, you can't take that away from them because yeah. that is what they're experiencing in real uh, time is that subjectivity Yes. It is. I think. I think it is. You know, it's like for me. It's like I'm reading it's like a little bit about intersubjectivity in my uh, current philosophy text that I'm. Yeah, yeah. For me, it was saying. like. I mean, it was like a Plato thing. It was like relative perception. You know, mm -hmm. it's like the element of like relative perception. It's like, it's like everyone. You know, you you can only experience you experience something as it happens, as it as it it's it, as it's like you know displayed to you. Like so, oh, how do yeah, you? Yeah, it's a Plato thing. 
how do you keep yourself connected and interested, Juan? Like, like you've been doing this for so long and you've had so many of these, of these experiences and you've been part of so many of these like really formative uh, moments for your own self and for other people. What keeps you going? How do you, how do you stay connected? I mean, to be honest, man, it's like that thought. It's like to understand that like what you do and you, you, you can't, um, you can't like make it smaller than what it is. You can't like say to someone like, Oh, the first time they hear techno, like that it's shit. You know, it's like right. that experience <laughs> to that person is what it is. And like, even for me, like, I mean, dude, I still like, I'll go see bands. Like, yes, I've seen so many bands and I've seen so many DJs, but sometimes I'm just like the beauty of what it is for someone to make music for mm. someone to do something because they feel it. And it's like, it's like, it's in them, you know, it's like yeah. that, you know, it's like, it's, it, I mean, for me, dude, at the end of the fucking day, man, like it, like when I die, I don't know if it's going to be soon or not, but for me, it's the mix of like, like, it's like a mixture of like John Peel and Andrew Weatherhall, man. Like <laughs> those two people for me, that have seen so much and continue to, you know, yeah. John Peel's fucking dead, man. But how many things did John Peel put his eyes on and was right. all, he, yeah. he was always in awe of things. And, you know, like, dude, Carl, you know, Regis, like one of the last fucking John Peel sessions was fucking one of the, it was a Regis, like downwards thing. Like literally, you know, huh. Carl got to experience John Peel in that fashion. Oh, you know what I mean? I didn't even realize that. That's crazy. Yeah. It's really fucked up, but like I listened to me, the the there was a John Peel session that there's a Peel session that, that Carl did I think in like ninety six or seven or something. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the time. And 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 again, so so what I'm saying is like, I think that's the thing. It's like you know to to answer your question, it's like to always be in awe of things that there will always you know yeah. I think you know the 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 beauty of someone that takes time to like put so much effort to, 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 to like a fucking, to like a fault to just be like, this is what I do. This totally. is the music that I make. And like, I still see it, man. Sometimes it's bullshit. Sometimes it's not. And sometimes you're like, fuck, you know what? This person gives a shit so much about what they yeah. do that it's sick. Yeah. And like, yeah, that's true. You know, and sometimes, you know, sometimes it sucks. Sometimes it's not good, you know, but, but there is time still, like, you know, it's like, dude, I can go to a John Mouse show and fucking cry because I know oh. that that guy's gi giving it his 100%. John Mouse, I was just having like a moment just yesterday thinking like <laughs> being, I just wish I could see another performance from him. Yeah, totally. I mean, dude, there's, I've seen him I'm twice. thinking about his music too. Yeah. Even uh, just yeah, like the I, listening experience and everything that goes into great. his recordings. I'm just totally, like, totally. what do you I mean, even, how does he do it? I don't get yeah. it. Yeah, and that's the thing that's like that. And again, this is why I love Los Angeles for me, because LA just has this weird fucking like weirdo culture that like a lot of you know he's from Minneapolis, but like you know Ariel Pink is bred out of this like weird dichotomy of like fucked up shit in LA. You know, yeah. it's like, and it's like for me that's why I like being here because it's like I don't always go out and see these things, but what, but I'm, but just being here and being around it is what like keeps me interested you know keeps me like you know it's like it's it, you know it's like why i fucking love jeffrey lee pierce man it's like why i love the gun club you know it's like 
not the best band, but fuck, they made Sex Beat, and it was fucking sick. <laughs> you know, right. they're, from, yeah. they're fucking, yeah. they're from LA. When you know, not, yeah. not the best band, but it's but it's my band. <laughs> totally, exactly, and and that's the beauty of all these things. It's like you know, we we you know, LA exists on that plane. You know, for me, Ariel Pink really and, is, I think, one of the most like purely LA musical expressions, like ever. Gun Club. No, no, no. Ariel Pink is like is so LA. Oh yeah, yeah. Hundred percent, yeah. I mean, dude, like, I like, I've met people that like have been around that whole scene. I, I mean, I was really into that whole uh, aspect of it. But, dude, the records, you know, because it's, dude, they're really into like, you know, it's like some of the records that I, I've, I like, I discovered through that whole world. Dude, like, some of the sickest records I've ever heard in my fucking life, man. You yeah. know, it's like, and it, and it is totally in line with all this weird like German new wave and new Deutschwelle stuff, like. It's such a weird mix of all these different things, you know. It's like mix. It's like mixing Chris and Cozy, and like, you know, like the electric chairs. You know, it's like you you get all yeah, these yeah. influences. You're like, what the fuck is all of this music? I don't understand it. No, it's it's, it's but, super super outsider art with also then like yeah like super super AOR vibes too. So yeah, totally totally, and 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 again like that's the thing about it. It's like all these things again. That's what keeps me interested because like. I can always go back to that, you know, it's like, I can, you know, go back and, you know, there's bands like, there's this band called Crescent that I, it's like one of my favorite bands of all time. Like they're from Bristol. They made like three records and like, it, for me, one of the best records of all time. And it sounds like, it sounds like, like if you mix like Galaxy 500 and like mixed by Adrian Sherwood and yeah. like run it through a <laughs> yeah. fucking tape echo, Sick. you know, and it's like, you're like, what the fuck is this? You know, and like, I mean, yeah, actually, that sounds good. now that you mention it, I just had that experience when I was in Bristol. I was in Bristol just like two weeks ago. Yeah. And I, I stepped in to Nudes Radio, which is one of these like new yeah. online radio stations. Totally. Totally. And I met this guy, Max Keelan, who records his bad tracking. Mm -hmm. And he was playing a DJ set of all his own productions and it was just the weirdest, scuzziest, noisy kind of hip hop industrial shit. And yeah. I was like, I this is the kind of music I've been wanting to hear for decades without even mm -hmm. realizing it. Totally, and then all of a sudden totally. it was just right there, just like yeah. right in front of me. And I was like, fuck, there still is amazing shit everywhere. <laughs> yeah. No, the thing is like you, you can't you, you, and like you don't know. Like you don't know where yeah, it's gonna come from. Exactly, like it, it, exactly. it happens. And like there'll be times when like things get a little lull and like, oh yeah, I've heard this, that, or whatever. But at the same time, it's like when it it like manages to like hit a point where like shit, I've never heard that before. That's fucking sick. And yep. you're like, it just changes your whole like dynamic of how you understand music. You know? What yeah, I mean? yeah. And I feel like the reason that I still to this day am as obsessed with music as I am when I began is that, 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 that feeling and that sensation is always oh. going to be around. Oh, that fan, uh, it's not going to cut it. Whoever oh, just did that. I'll, I'll turn it off. Sorry. I'm, 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 <laughs> appreciate, I'm appreciating getting, feeling a little cooler it's now. That's right. <laughs> we suffer that for our sweaty. art. Okay, Juan, we, uh, yeah, you know, we're, no we're, fans. We're, we're sweating over sorry, here in the sorry. control warehouse. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, sorry. I'm sweating a little bit. So no, no worries, no worries. Okay. I wanted to um, just, um, uh, there's like this thing um, that I think uh, we all develop as we age, um, this sort of like mechanism just to like get through all the information that comes into us uh, in life, which is like just these, this like filtering where we, you know, 
are able to put things into categories. And so, like, you know, when you're seven, you can, like, stare at, you know, an apple and just, like, appreciate it for what it is. But as you get older, you're like, oh, that's, like, an apple. I, I, I know about that. Like, it's in this group. I've, like, you know, defined mm. it as a thing. I can move on. Mm. And I think music is, like, particularly bad at this and, like, musicians, or maybe not musicians, but, like, just the music scene because mm. we are so quick to just want to, like, throw everything into genres and then like as we get older and more like sort of as people get older and more jaded and they're kind of like ah, i've seen this i've seen this i've seen this, this. goes in this box and this goes yeah, in that box i have like, all the boxes all this music comes boxes. in and you're like oh i've heard this before it's like this you know and i think it's like i'm extremely guilty of that. <laughs> yeah no i mean i think i think we all can be but then uh you know juan like you're saying i think people like john peel are, are like you know these people who are like have this open mind and like this uh you know just like huge like passion for listening to what's you know coming out and what's new and not just like judging it immediately and putting it into a box like i think that's like an incredibly important skill not just to like i don't know be an important figure in music but just to like fucking enjoy life just and to enjoy, enjoy yeah. just to enjoy the music you know yeah yeah, totally. and I think that's like the that's that's the primary role of a DJ really is to be able to share those kind of moments with other people and be like, oh wait a second, uh, if you put these two kinds of music together or you or you or you tell a story with music in a certain way, you might be able to change the way that somebody else thinks about music, and that's a pretty fucking sure, amazing yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree. But that's that, that. I think that's the beauty of it. It's like you know, just staying, staying interested, staying like, just like, I guess like optimistic. I mean, a lot of it. It's like the kind of way, like you know, the whole. That's why like my radio show is called Optimistic Decay. Right. It's like all, so much of it's like you know, it's like birth, death, life renewal. It's like it's a cycle. You know, it's like we all experience things as they live and as they die. You know, and like it just depends on what side of the cycle you're on, but you can hear something for the first time and it's new to you, right. and even if it's fucking you know forty years old or twenty right. years old or whatever, you know, like that's the beauty of all the shit. It's like you know you have the opportunity to like experience that. You know, mm -hmm. I appreciate optimism, but I cannot relate to it. <laughs> no, I can't really get on board. <laughs> yeah, come on. Guys. I wish I wish I could. I wish I could. Let's I be, just you know. Unending death and eternal negation. That's no, really okay. I don't need that. I don't need that. Yeah. No. So should we talk about some music? Yeah, uh, people. If people have some some tracks they want to talk about, we. I mean, to be honest, like I've been listening to a lot of like old older stuff just because, like, I guess because of the radio show is where I like kind of like play new stuff, you know, mm -hmm. and I'll like. I mean, I would say, like, you know, I've been listening... I mean, I have been listening to a lot of, like, uh, Spaceman 3 lit recently. Um, there's this one, like, demo version of, like, Walking with Jesus. That's, like, one of my favorite things <laughs> that I listen to a lot. Um, also, there's this band Crescent that I listen. I've been listening to a lot. Like, oh yeah, like, I was curious about because I've never heard of Crescent. Yeah, I mean, so Crescent 
they were kind of like this weird, like, so the, they were in a bigger band called Movie Tone. So Movie Tone was on Domino. Movie Tone was like kind of oh, like yeah. the bigger band that was like what toured well. Um, I mean, literally the dude like works at a fucking like, he works at a fucking like, uh, like a string, a string shop where like they fix stringed instruments in Bristol. Like that's what he does for a living. Mm. And like, they, they, they did recently they did some stuff on Fat Cat that's kind of more folky and really not what I like. But there's a record called Collected Songs that um, it's really it's it's hard to find. I mean, literally, like you can get it on Discogs. It's not on fucking Apple Music or anything like that or Spotify. A lot of the earlier records are, and then like the later ones are as well. But the, this, there's this one specific record called Collected Songs. Um, and there's a track called Light Eyes that is like, for me, it's like the end all be all of music in a way. Like that <laughs> that track is like, I hear it's this like. Tune. atmospheric wise it's like it's so it's so personal like it's almost like the when, like the guys talking to you and like you know they talk about like architecture and like weird ass like fucking shit and like but it's such a personal experience when you listen to the record like i and like this is one of those records i heard in new york because one of the guys um is it called light slash eyes light yeah. eyes yeah light slash eyes Yep. Lights eyes. Yeah, and like, dude, that that record oh, for me is like, it, it, it's one of the best records of all time for me. Like that. This is kind of making it, me it, think it, of like what I've been like digging, like kind of shoegazy wise. Yeah, it, um, it's shoegazy, but it's not. It's like it's weird because they used to they use a lot of tape machines. Yeah. And like, but it's also very like, whoever, whoever was playing was really good at their instruments, but there was such a strong element of restraint yeah. that were like, when they played, it was just like these really basic things. And like, I, I still, I really to this appreciate day, like, that. yeah, you know, it's like, I love when people know how to play, but they like, they, they, they it's like, it's like the dedication. They're not showing off. This is why, yeah. This is why I love space from three. It's like the dedication to the chord. It's the dedication to one thing, you know, same thing with like something like suicide. It's like the dedication to like these things that are so basic. Well, you know? I have a question. Do you know this, this group called should, Mm-mm. um, they're an East coast band kind of like early mid nineties, um, capture tracks. I know reissued a bunch of their stuff and that's how like 
I Got it. Of, yeah, that's how I came about mm-hmm. uh, listening to it. That record's great. Um, I really, really, really like their you, stuff. You would, you would, you would dig it one for sure. You would dig it. Sick. I'll take um, it out for sure. Some of it's kind so. of on the like that like yellow tango kind of yeah. like super nineties indie tip. But so, then they have like these, yeah, yeah, low Yola Tango, like that kind of vibe, where it's like totally. the 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 vocals get a little much, but yeah. um, but like they have really m- good moments where like I'm just totally blown away by this one yeah. track. It's called Resonate, so it's even more like psychedelic, you know. Got but it, apparently the whole thing is like they recorded every sound from an instrument, but they just put it into a sampler. So crazy. even like all of the drum sounds, all of the toms, every guitar sound, every guitar guitar sound, every bass sound is like replayed through a replayed sampler. through a, and arranged through a sampler. Crazy. makes me appreciate it that much more it's like i'm like i don't know if i can believe this that it was made this way but yeah um, but they did <laughs> yeah, yeah but this track called resonate um it just never gets old for me it's it, it almost cool. sounds like it's kind of like dirgy kind of you know that sort of like indie doom kind of feel to it you know where it <laughs> it's beautiful and psychedelic um and kind of dark and poetic and um, beautiful. I don't know. <laughs> um, I feel like it's kind of it's kind of on this tip, and I I love getting recommendations like this, like Van Crescent. Like now, I want to go like explore it because I'm super into digging into that kind of. It reminds me of working at the record store in the early two thousands, when I had like older dudes playing this yeah. kind of stuff for me that totally, I totally. was too young to hear like in the nineties, you know, and when mm-hmm, I would be mm-hmm. exposed to it, I'd be like, Whoa, this is really good music. Like my entryway to all that is obviously like something like stereo lab or Pram, totally. or that, you know, the band Pram. Yeah. They're sure, kind of like sure, a different sure. style yeah. stereo, like not, totally. I, I wouldn't even compare them to stereo lab. No, it's different, but it's in the world. But sure. it's in the world. It's different. No, and the thing is, like, you know, when I, you know, like a band like Crescent, basically, like, if there's a record, I think it's called Electronic Explorations, it's all like sampler stuff, but like they run stuff through like a, like an Echoplex kind of style. Oh, sick. Um, I got to hear this now. Like, I'm, I'm dying to hear this. This is going to be my new favorite thing. I mean, Collected Songs, really, that record, it's, it's so brutal, man. It's like, you know, because there's elements of also like a band like Unwound. You know, I like lo- that oh, are you serious? That is my yeah. That's my other thing that I was gonna mention after should was the last Unwound album. You know, Leaves Turn Inside You. Uh yeah, hold on, I'll tell you. Right, let's see, hold on. Holy shit! This is the stuff that I play for Sean. Where he's like, "Can you stop playing that bummer <laughs> music?" <laughs> and I'm like, "No, this is the guy. The guy who listens to nothing but Gabber and Steve Winwood." No, Unwound Leaves Turn Inside You was something that I heard on yeah, college sit. radio. Yeah, and yeah. I listened to it, and I was like, what is this? This is, like, yeah. the most gorgeous music. No, I, 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 I like that record. That, that, that record's cool. It's gorgeous. Yeah, so, for, like, for me, like, the, there's a record, there's a track called One Lick Less. That's my that's track! Like my, 
That's, That's my, my song, favorite. dude. <laughs> That's like the best song that song, song one like less and love uh scarlet yeah one no, like less no, no, and scarlet are no. like the two one me. like less demon sings love songs and terminus yeah. those are the top yeah. three because yeah. i love no, no, wake sure. me when i'm done but so like the thing about crescent crescent has those those tendencies of a record of like intensity oh, and like that is my shit i cannot beauty. believe you mentioned that that has been my main point of reference yeah, for yeah, totally. everything that I love right now. Dude, we got to talk yeah, more. I mean, this is yeah, incredible. And, and, yeah, You're and, on and, my and, fucking I mean, wavelength. To be, yeah, I mean, to, to be honest, I mean, like, the thing, too, also, like, you know, I just did this, like, this, um, my radio show. I did it today, you know, like. You played one like, like less? That's my shit. No, no, no. I didn't okay. play on the radio show, but I listened to that in my car on the regular. Me, but too. It's like, you know. Not in my car, but, but at home. I play it for yeah, Sean. He's like, when will you turn that, like, this bomber music you know, off? That's why, why I love Basic Channel. Basic Channel has those kind of like intensity things and these weight, the weight of it and like the intensity. Right. It's just and, the, so and the restraint. You know what I hear yeah. in that in that song specifically? I really hear a My Bloody Valentine thing. You know, the really yeah, gentle totally. moments of like My Bloody Valentine where it gets like very like sexy, mm -hmm. pretty kind of thing totally. going on. Like totally, it's totally. like definitely like sexy and pretty and delicate which i love yeah. it's like yeah, it's yeah. actually Very really good. hard to accomplish that i feel like especially with something yeah, like a band for sure. you know for sure for sure for sure um i just appreciate that so much and i've been actually following um what's the guy justin like the lead singer guy of unwound i've been like following he has like new bands like new projects oh, really? that he, yeah funny. he's been touring I on yeah, I, like, follow him on Twitter, um, and I'm, like, trying to see, like, if they're ever going to do, like, an online reunion, <laughs> or, like, I really would funny. totally like to see, like, what he does now, you know? Yeah, yeah. It might be totally terrible, but whatever. <laughs>